Crowbot contains language and themes which may not be suitable for anyone, but what is suitable for everyone is the great stuff from our friends over there at The Famous. Go check out thefamousheadwear.co.uk for some awesome, awesome Rangers gear. And of course, if you scroll down into the show notes, you hit that buy me a coffee link, support the Crowpod. We're giving away stuff from them every single month. Uh, easy to do. Help us out with the show and maybe win some really good stuff. So like I said, go check out thefamousheadwear.co.uk. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Explains America, the show where, well, me, Shane, and my buddy Colin here, we try to explain this this goddamn country that we've got. And today, buddy, we, we, we've got a, uh, well, we got a mystery one here. Uh, Colin knew nothing about this, and, and as far as I know, he still doesn't. But uh, I, I'm going to try to explain to him, and therefore to you listeners, how a 100-million-year-old seabed, a 100-million-year-old coastline, is the thing that really decides well much of Western politics, certainly American politics, but I would say Western politics at large, and uh, the, just how dumb. Well, again, it, it just shows to show how how fucked up the system is over here that something that minute and that strange can uh, have these massive influences on all of Western society, Colin. Yeah. So, like when you you raised this topic, I was like, sorry, what? There's a, there's a what now with the, with what? And then you said a couple of things. I was like, "No, this is that. This is one that's definitely going to be best to hear in virgin ears. Like <laughs> this is n- nonsense." And I and I teach geography. Like, yeah, I am waiting with bated breath to be able to fucking see. <laughs> well, David, you know, we had a few other things here. Quickly, we're going to touch on this week. Um, well, I do have some good news. Right, right before we started recording this, Jackson, Mississippi, which we talked about. A- bit in the last episode and also will come up in this episode due to its geographic location has had its uh, boil it. water order lifted uh after seven weeks i want to say this uh where where they have not had well uh, thankfully tate reeves the uh everlasting punchable face of the mississippi governor has we have restored clean water like that's a that that's something to hang his hat on. <laughs> like, well, I have a number of questions. Yay, well done. It's taking you long enough. Second question: Who who was it? Who was it that uh, sort of assisted you with that? There, Tate was was that the, the Democrat led federal government? Mm. Um, mm. Uh, I I I couldn't believe you know. I was watching some more stuff on this and reading up more on this. There's actually parts of Jackson that still have wooden water pipes. What wooden? What is 2022? And there are parts of Jackson, Mississippi, that have wooden water pipes. Romans yeah. didn't have wooden water pipes. Yeah, I was absolutely befuddled. I don't know if they like lead line them or what the fuck it is. 
And again, look, all this, think about this kind of shit because it's all going to come back in this episode, why this stuff actually exists. No, well, and then, you know, not to be outdone, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis there, who's, I mean, obviously at this point making a making a real play to be the 2024 candidate for the Republicans. Um, well, he tweeted this last night, and, and I got really confused. But he tweeted that uh, he'd sent a whole plane load of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard because you have all these Republican governors now trying to out dickbag each other in, in so much as sending well, migrant families from their states to, you know, all these horrible places where we don't deal with immigrants like old Chicago. <laughs> well, <laughs> Famous for having no immigrants whatsoever, Chicago. Uh, but no, he came on and said he sent this whole plane load of what was it, Venezuelans to, to Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Was that what it was? So, like, and, and what really gets me is that it was the right wing that fucking destabilized Venezuela, Venezuela in the first place. <laughs> and it's like, so this is kind of already your problem. And now you're just making, and like, you know, how much did it cost to send a plane load of refugees from Florida to Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. Maybe use that to help them instead? Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, the story's so muddled because some of them said that they came from Texas, and now there's reporting this morning that they may... Again, this is so fucking confusing because, you know, this is what happens when a governor comes on and just says some shit like this. But they may have actually sent a plane to Venezuela to get people, telling them that they were going to bring them to America. So now you're talking about the governor of Florida trafficking humans just to make some outlandish political statement. Is Matt Gates not Florida as well? Yeah, yeah, he's up uh, near Tallahassee. Yeah, tracks. Yeah, Yeah, uh, human traffic. What I will say, like Martha's Vineyard. No, I know it's like fancy people, fancy white rich old people. Alan Dershowitz. Like, (laughs) I I am incredibly impressed and heartened by the response of these people because DeSantis obviously thought he was going to send them to some rich old white people who are going to go, "Ooh, brown people, no thank you." Yeah. And they haven't. They've opened their arms. They've welcomed them, and they're furious that, that these people are being used as pawns. Which well, is I mean, response. one of the last loads that uh, Greg Abbott sent from Texas to Chicago, uh, which one I, I still love, you know, like, oh, you, you guys don't have ice, or you don't have to deal with all this. I mean, famously, O'Hare has like the second or third most, well, did second or third most busiest ice detention center in the country. Because again, if if you live within a hundred miles of any port of entry. You're under ice jurisdiction, right? And yep. uh, O'Hare and Midway are both fairly large port of entries. Not, not to mention the fact, of course, that Chicago is actually a port city on on a you know attached sea line. But uh, uh, so no, you said all there, and the the village of Burr Ridge, which is very white, and you know lawyers and doctors and all that sort, uh, pl- plenty of Trump flags out there. I'm not going to lie. But the village immediately jumped into action and took all these people in the same way that Martha's Vineyard has done with this group of people that, again, Republicans are, are literally, well, as you said, I mean, you're wasting resources. This is supposed to be the conservative party when it comes to government finances, yet here you are doing however much this costs, but also literally taking people and using them as pawns, moving them around the fucking world like they're game pieces on a map. That that's what these people are. To that's what every other person is to people that run DeSantis. It's yeah. just, I just, it's 
it's the blatantness. The, the it's becoming way more blatant. I just don't understand it. I, it's it's absolutely horrific. And that, well, it, we did have one good piece of news, I guess. Well, you know, I guess Jackson, Mississippi, having clean water again is good news relative to them not having clean water. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a swings and roundabouts. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, but we, we were on the precipice of, uh, you know, people in Scotland know what, what uh, action by, by train workers can uh, can do. But uh, we were on the yeah. precipice of it over here as far as the, the freight train lines. And actually Amtrak, which is our horrible passenger train service, had already started shutting down those lines in anticipation of, well, you know, none of the train lines working, rail lines working throughout the country. Um, so this was a bit that really actually threw me uh, because obviously back home, all the rails are owned by Network Rail, which I think is still in government ownership. Can't remember. Anyway, irrelevant, right? So I was like, why can't the Amtrak's run? And I then go, it turns out that it's because the majority of rail lines in this country are freight rail that passenger rail just uses sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. so if the freight rails weren't working, the passenger lines couldn't get on them. And I was like, what? Yeah. Well, it's it's so bad. So think about this. Um, most overpasses, whether they're except for like federal highways, right, typically, or some major state arterial highways, are operated by the train companies. So let's say like it's BNSF or Union Pacific or whoever, whoever they're 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 tasked with maintaining these things. So say here, like in my town, Rockford, again, fairly large city, one hundred fifty thousand people. Uh, less than five blocks from City Hall, there are two train overpasses that are shut down uh, on streets that run through town, right, that go through neighborhoods and connect schools and parks and people to grocery stores and doctor's offices and whatever the fuck else. Two of them directly south of downtown that have been shut down for seven years because BNSF will not take care of them. And so the roadways are impassable and no one can use these things because the city cannot take care of them. The city's not allowed to take care of them. The roadways are the ones that have, or the railways are the ones that have to maintain them. And they're choosing not to, because again, rail, like so much else in this country is owned by venture capital completely. And that's why the, the framing around this stuff today, you know, they were like strike averted, strike averted. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what it is. That's not what it, don't, don't frame it in. These people, you know, these common working people were going to fuck all of you. You weren't going to be able to get your toilet paper, right? No. Frame it as venture capitalists that own these rail companies didn't want to give these people like two days off a month to go see their fucking families or pay them a real wage. It was like um, the the one that really fucking threw me was when they were like, yeah, like if we want to go like, to a doctor's appointment, the doctor's like points and wages for that. I was like, wait, what? Like even if they're not, and it was like they they've managed to get that, but it was it was even the little things that like people take for granted. Like of course you can like nip out for an hour. Okay, you might not get paid for being nip out for your doctor's appointment. That's just common sense. Yeah. Well, uh, look, one one that we talked about in the first episode, something that we're going to get to here. I mean, think think about election day again. Election day is a Tuesday, right? If yep. you, you, they have to let you leave work to go vote, right? Supposedly. It's 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 illegal to stop them from preventing you to go vote, but obviously try to enforce that. Police aren't going to come do that. And if you do leave to go vote, they're supposed to keep you on payroll while you do it. But obviously, I mean, I swear to Christ, find me a company that does that. Like if, if yeah, you're an hourly employee, 
Yeah. Bless your salary. There's no danger of that. Not a chance. Absolutely not a chance. But thankfully, you know, again, we, we, the lockout did not happen. Uh, the, the venture capitalists who, well, the same ones that run media companies that run the railways uh, did not completely kneecap the U.S. economy just for the sake of saving a little bit of money on payroll. So, Yay. yeah. All right. So here we go. Here, here's, here's the setup here. Right. Tell me about the weird sea. There oh. was during the time of dinosaurs. Yeah, it's a fucking dinosaur. And and things like that. And what this did was completely shape again how American democracy has worked in a post-Civil War era. And we're going to take one quick break and come back and I'm going to explain this and blow Colin's mind apart yet again. And I mean, hopefully yours too. <laughs> the bridge thing is still there. I'm still blown with that. So I can't <laughs> imagine I'm going to cope well with a prehistoric scene. <laughs> All right. We're going to try right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to Crowpod Explains America here. We're going to talk about the Black Belt. But first, if you guys like what we do, you like any of the Crowpod programs, of course, scroll down, hit that Buy Me a Coffee link in the show notes. Give us a hand for even just three bucks. Puts your name in the hat. You can win some nice Ranger stuff from our friends over there at the Famous. Just really nice Rangers gear. Famousheadwear.co.uk. They're fucking great. I love them. They help us out with all this stuff. Colin. All right. Lay it on me. During the uh, during the Cretaceous period, right, the the right. last the last last age of the dinosaurs. So we're talking about 115 million to 65 million years ago before that asteroid, you know, slammed in the in the was that the, the peninsula down there in the Mexico and Belize and whatnot and killed everything. Yep. Much of the North American continent, the United States and Canada, was split by inland sea, and this this basically ran from the Gulf of Mexico through what we would all think of as the Great Plains states, so your Nebraska, Kansas, the Dakotas, you know, all, all that crap east of the Rockies that's perfectly fucking flat as far as you can see. Uh, so you me is that that area can still be improved. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could put it back underwater, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, at, 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 its, at, its, uh, at its max here, so this thing was about 2,500 feet deep. Right. So I, I think, yeah, I think that would be a wonderful way of improving Kansas is by burying it under 3000 feet of ocean water. Um, and, and there are, there are some other zones, you know, like, well, I mean, where I'm at, for example, right here in Northern Illinois and around Chicago is, I mean, swampland, you know, which is why we have really good fertile soil. But what this did uh, was create a, uh, well, a, a giant uh, coastline. 
uh, along the, the well, what, what we now think of as the Southeast United States. So it would stretch from, oh, somewhere up in uh, Mississippi, let's say near Jackson, <laughs> from the Mississippi River, uh, across through like Birmingham, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, and then up through South Carolina and into Virginia, over toward where the, the Chesapeake Bay and, and Washington, D.C., and that whole area there. Again, I'm and, not hearing any downsides. No, I, I, I get, yes, this all sounds great. The problem is, of course, after after the dinosaurs die, uh, we go through a period of glaciation and uh, you know continental crust rebound, kind of like we're going through now. If you if you look at the the lakes of uh, Central and uh, Canada and up through Minnesota and everything, they they keep getting shallower because everything's still kind of coming back from the glaciers, right? But okay. when you go through this glaciation, everything freezes. You have less water. And now you have land. And as the continents kept moving and going to, to the form and place that they we see them now, uh, despite being fairly low-lying and certainly at risk for, well, the coming global disaster as sea levels shoot up, <laughs> yeah. all this area still remains above, above sea level. And it created an area in the American Southeast that became known, right, even before... Even before the the modern uh, modern connotation of this, to uh, the, you know the, the settlers, the 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 people from uh, well, fuck. I mean, let's be honest. Obviously, the Native Americans knew how this shit worked too, but because everything is in the context of when white people get here, uh, they started figuring out. Holy shit! Look, look at look at how good this land is here along this ancient coastline. Fuck, I know Why? where this is going. <laughs> so. You have this uh, reseeded, uh, you know, like like uh, basically all the sedimentary stuff where all the animals died along the coast, right? I mean, the same kind of yeah. shit that you get anywhere in the world. Like I said, here in Illinois, uh, on the edge of the driftless zone, we have incredible soil because it was swamps from these, you know, this massive inland sea, which is even better uh, as far as your soil goes. But down here in the south, which is overall... Not a very great growing zone, right? But most of the South is like limestone or like when you get down to Florida, it's actually, well, I mean, it's the, the, the fucking seashells, right? You know, I mean, most of yeah. Southern Florida where they grow all this shit is terrible growing zones, except for the fact of all the stuff that died on top of all the stuff that died before. So, you know, you get your oranges and all your, uh, your, your weird greenhouses and everything where they grow every flower that goes into every flower shop in America. But throughout... So they're like the Netherlands of America. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And what you get throughout Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, there's a crescent-shaped belt of this great dark soil, which happened to be where, again, uh, settlers, you know, mainly British settlers, came over and figured out, holy shit, you can grow cotton here. Really, really, really well. My God, look at all the yeah. cotton we can grow in this area. But, of course, cotton, pretty labor-intensive, labor-intensive crop. And uh, so what What was the solution to that, Kyle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck me. Slavery. Three episodes in, and we're doing enslaved people in slave, the slave trade. I mean, I kind of came oh. up with voting, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so this is where, of course, uh, slaves were largely settled because this is where all the plantations were. 
And again, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll put some links to some maps and stuff in the show notes. But uh, I mean, you can clearly see this geological formation and how it sweeps. You know, from I mean, it basically comes down the Mississippi River out of say about where modern Memphis is today, uh, up there the Tennessee border and Arkansas, and Mississippi, and everything comes down through, uh, through the eastern edge of um, Mississippi across central Alabama up through let's say Savannah and Atlanta, Georgia, and then on through South Carolina up toward the the Chesapeake Bay. And if you happen to look at, well, let's say, I don't know, poverty lines for one thing, but, uh, oh yeah, also the racial disparity breakdown of how populations look on these areas. These are all of the heavily, heavily black counties and, and, and cities throughout the American Southeast. Um, in fact, in some, and it's, it's so, so strange. There are actually segments like if you look at, um, let's see, it was, I, I want to say it was Hale County in Alabama and Bamberg County in Southern South Carolina. They're, they're about 400, 500 miles apart, right? Uh-huh. But both have a population of about 16,000. Both are almost exactly 60% African American. The median, uh, household and incomes and everything right around the, the, you know, well below their state's median levels. Right. I mean, demographically, these counties could not be more similar, but they're over 500 miles apart. And it is all because the geologic shape and then therefore the, the, the demographic breakdown of current modern America is based all around the fact that a hundred million years ago, there was a coastline in the American Southeast. Fucking hell! <laughs> I mean, you should see. I mean, like you, you should look at these cotton production maps. And again, I'm, I'm, I will try to post up some of this stuff for you guys on Twitter and whatnot, or link it up in the show notes. But it, it it is amazing just the way cotton production follows this line directly across where these geologic formations are. They're directly in line with where this coastline was when the dinosaurs died. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <clears throat> it makes absolute perfect sense. Like it, it's all logical until you get to the point where you're like, "This this plant's real hard to pick," <laughs> and that's where I, that's where I sort of go, "Hmm." <laughs> well, you know what, Colin? Here's what we're gonna do. So now, now you guys know the background of this, right? But yeah, again, and, and I think you can kind of see where this is going, but. You know, the importance of the show is to explain what the fuck and how this works and what Crowpot explains America, right? So how the hell does this actually impact on us today? And we're going to come back one more quick break, and we're going to explain to you how this ancient coastal fucking seashore is the thing that drives every national political movement in the United States and therefore what happens in all of Western society.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. People who have come into our state and said that Alabama is a backward state and this is a racial issue on closing the DMVs, Mm -hmm. that's certainly not the case at all. I do think that there was a problem with the way that it was presented. Was it before? Were there instances of fraud where you had to add the picture? Is that why? Well, we had had it reported where incidences had occurred where an individual went to vote Mm -hmm. and it was overheard by a poll watcher Mm -hmm. that Jimmy's going to have to work late today, so he wanted me to make sure I got his ballot and then I voted for Jimmy. That's a problem because that way that guy's vote counts more than one. because he voted for himself and he would have been able to vote for Jimmy if he'd not been called out by the election official who was on task that particular day. But it's not like documented, that was like a hearsay thing. Correct. Okay, okay, cool. It just just makes me want to scream because that's the rationale for all of this voter suppression stuff that they're doing. We want to wipe out voter fraud. But then when you say, show me the voter fraud, it just isn't there. That was Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill and uh, Mercerio Luggett, who's the uh, Mobile County Commissioner in Mobile, Alabama, talking in a uh, 2015 documentary by Field of Vision called The Black Belt. And uh, again, I will have a link down in the show notes. But of course, talking about Alabama in 2015, when John Merrill became Secretary of State after serving in the Alabama State House and helping craft the law that we're about to discuss here. Alabama in 2015 shut down 31 DMV offices across the state, predominantly in the Black Belt. And what did they do that year that would maybe coincide with the want to shut down DMVs, Colin? Oh, they introduced the voter ID law, didn't they? Yes, they did. Absolutely. Uh, Coming out the back here, just quick, coming out the back here, everything that we're about to talk about comes from John Roberts, the John Roberts court in the Shelby County v. Holder case of 2013, in which they started decimating the Voting Rights Act and almost returning uh, (laughs) your ability to vote almost back to a Jim Crow era uh, level. And Alabama quickly jumped on this. But as we heard there, Colin, John Merrill can't provide you with any evidence. All he's got is a poll watcher, which, uh, again, poll watchers in this country can be political. Uh, you don't have to be like a nonpartisan person. In fact, you have to identify what party you're at the polls with. So yeah. a poll watcher heard Jimmy talking about so-and-so or whatever the fuck it was he said, and I'm- now we've got to do this. Like, this is a slight side note, but, like, how in the fuck do journalists in this country not, like, just finish all their interviews with Republicans be just like, fucking prove it then! <laughs> well, Al Franken did the, you know, the, the former senator from Minnesota, he was on the other day and somebody was talking about the Supreme Court seats uh, and how, you know, obviously Merrick Garland's was stolen and then, uh, what, what's her name, the, the Cocker Spaniel-looking bitch from Notre Dame that they put in. Um, but... Cool, uh, <laughs> yes, Amy Coney Barrett. Thank you. Uh, 
you know, she was like, well, you know, historically, this is just what's he's, he's like, when, when has it ever, tell me when it happened. And she goes, what well, happened with Merrick Garland? He goes, yes, I know. But tell when did it happen before that? Like, show me, show me one time this ever happened before, because you just said historically, this is the norm. It's not the norm. It's fucking wild. Like for like going back to Thor, for a Scottish perspective, British perspective, right? We get a little polling card. It's got a name and address on it. You don't even need that to go vote. Like you just turn up and it's just like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like we just kind of assume that it's going to be fine. I think it pretty much always is because, like, you know, we've got all the background shit. Whereas y'all just seem to be like, ah, it's probably not going to be fine. But we'll get two people who are clearly partisan in to check that it's not going to be fine, <laughs> and then we'll bitch about it for six months. Yeah. Well, of course, everything that happens here. And again, all this, all this, all this, all this stems from, look, Barack Obama won one election, and that was bad enough. But, you know, the, the Republicans kind of went, hey, maybe we shouldn't have put a crazy bitch like Sarah Palin on the ticket. Let's let's get Mitt Romney and this Paul Ryan guy that everybody thinks is okay. Now we're going to run them. They're going to be fine. And they lose again. And so the, the Shelby County case in the Roberts Court is done in 2013. It's directly like, holy shit, they elected a black man again. My God. And there's a rash of laws passed throughout these states, again, specifically these states, like Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, right? These states, and in, in after that, the Black Belt in 2016, okay, so this same region, this one that overlays this ancient, you know, prehistoric fucking coastline, this 100 million year old coastline where all the blacks were forced, not, not chose to settle. I mean, let's... Let's set that one aside. Forced to settle as slaves, and then their family stayed there because, of course, they had no economic opportunity, you know, no, no yep. way to ever yep. leave, right? I mean, they had to be here. These counties along the Black Belt, stretching this this whole 700-mile distance, 88% of them voted Democratic in 2016. So it's no wonder that because, well, look, the Voting Rights Act, you know, passed in 1965, and then we have the one-man-one-vote you know, cases in SCOTUS. This, this, as we've talked about with so many other issues with the modern Republican Party, this has been a decades-long quest to undo this kind of shit. And now they're trying to undo something that happened literally 100 million years ago. <laughs> it's fucking, it's wild. Because they did this, this, this is how Jim Crow became a thing. Yes. Post-reconstruction, it was things that weren't great. But, you know, like Alabama, or Mississippi, had like a majority black state Parliament, House, Congress. There's the word. You know, and then the answer is Jim Crow laws. Like, you know, in some places, it is literally how many jelly beans are in the the jar. And I was used to it, but, but every had to do that. But no, because if you were white, you were grandfathered in. Yes. Because your grandfather could vote. Yep. Like, yeah. Uh, by the way, just, yeah, that, that's where that one comes from, everybody. If, if you ever think of it, probably never thought of the connotation. About where the term grandfather didn't comes from, it's because your grandpa could vote, therefore you can vote. But guess what? Guess guess who that doesn't apply to? <laughs> and you know, like I just it's just the same shit again. It's the same they're just they're doing it in such a way, like going through the Supreme Court, it feels like it's just a harder way to beat it. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I again, I mean, you know, last... they, they, they learned, you know, we talked about this in the first episode. I mean, they're a minor, minoritarian party, right? They can't, they cannot win on national levels anymore. They simply cannot. And so what they had to do was figure out a way to turn the judicial branch into a de facto legislative branch and control that. And that's, that's what they've done. 
because you know, look, this is a hell of a thing, right? It, it certainly is a hell of a thing that all these animals died here a hundred million years ago and formed this coastline that eventually one day a bunch of white people would come over and enslave blacks on them. And then we would fight a horrible fucking war over that to free them. And then all the whites would lose their goddamn minds again, because of course, all of a sudden there's a shit ton of black people that can vote and they go, holy fuck, we can't have that. So they institute Jim Crow and that takes another century to kind of get a little bit of leeway in voting, which they then spend the next 60 years tearing down again until we get to this point. But it's all centered on everything in national American politics is centered on this coastline from the Cretaceous period where I'm pretty sure, I mean, John Roberts might be a fucking lizard person left over from 65 million years ago to be able to have this kind of mindset. I'm open to the concept. <laughs> prove me wrong, right? Yeah. Prove, I mean, I that, that's, prove that, that's how we do stuff. Now, look, if, I, if I'm a Republican on television these days, I say the most outlandish thing possible and then say, prove me wrong. So pr- show, show me, look, find me evidence John Roberts isn't a lizard person from 65 million years ago. You can't. It's can't impossible because it. he has. Yeah, has to be. Absolutely has to be. I mean, Colin, it, it, nothing else would explain this cold, dead fucking heart, would it? Mm-mm. No, no. Balls and strikes, baby. That's all he's calling. Balls and fucking strikes. Is that one of your American cricket references? <laughs> yes. Well, it was his own reference in this confirmation hearing. Good Lord. Man, and just oh. see, oh, th- this is all. Because you look at all the random shit that has to occur, even for someone like him to get there, right? Uh, who, who was it that was retiring? Senator Day O'Connor was going to retire, right? And George W. Bush put John Roberts up for the court. Then Bill Rehnquist dies. So he has to pull Roberts' name back to put him up for Bill Rehnquist's seat to be the, you know, the, the chief justice. Then we get Harriet Myers, who gets panned as an as a idiot, but realistically just wasn't right-wing enough for the right-wing people because they realized they were starting to get a hold of the court to be able to do this kind of shit. So they go get Sam Alito, who's absolutely insane. And again, all this stuff, look, everything, all of this is because of this coastline 100 million years ago and what it did to, to demographics and racial divides and everything else in America and how it still drives. I, what, what do we talk about every day or every national election over here now? What are they looking at in the southeast? There's a little strip. Uh, you guys go watch this shit on CNN coming up here in November. Or, or MSNBC or wherever you get this from, watch when they talk about these states in the southeast, and they're going to identify a little strip of land that I want to say it's not the what's that? I I it might be I ten, I can't remember I twenty, whatever the fuck it is, right right all along right. this line, right along this line, all the way across the U.S. southeast. And now you're going to know, you're going to be like, God damn it, honey, you know, a hundred million years ago, a bunch of uh, starfish died there. And uh, now uh, everything that happens in the world is decided by that. It's fucking wild. Like, it, it's one of those, it's like, what's outside space? It's one of those questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking, <laughs> just incomprehensible. Uh, and yet, that's what we got. Yep. Fuck me, man. Yeah. So there you go. Coastlines. Oh, crow pilots playing and dead dinosaurs and assholes like john merrill and everything else like i said i i, I linked it it's a very short documentary if you want a little bit more context 
in terms of well i mean you can see how this affects people in their day-to-day lives you can see how absurd some of the actions that that groups take just to try to help just to try to help black people vote right it's a very quick it's a little 15 minute documentary it's down in the show notes go ahead and click it and watch it if you want to learn some more and like i said I, I will try to pull together a little bit more information but honestly if you just google like black belt uh coastline cretaceous or something you're, you're gonna i recommend googling black belt dinosaur there you go <laughs> because uh, that's gonna throw some excellent images There, there, there is one actually. If, if if you search specifically for, if you want to see like the maps behind this and everything, there there, there was a guy named uh, Stephen Stephen Dutch. So Stephen with a V, Dutch. Uh, like, there's only two things in this world I hate: those intolerant of other people and the Dutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he went to the University of Wisconsin at Green Bay, and you can look at just Google geology and election 2000. And I, again, I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and put a link to it because it, it's it's just maps. It's literally just maps, but he's got the overlay of how all this stuff works and everything. And you can, I mean, it's just, it's there. It's all right there. And this is, this is it. So, Crowpie explains America. And hopefully now you know that, you know, like when dinosaurs die, it somehow impacts the entire stabilization of, of, well, all of Western society and global politics at large. And that's before we even start talking about oil. See, look at that. Haven't even gotten there. Having dead dinosaurs, and we're not even talking about fucking oil, folks. So, Colin, you can find on Twitter at what is it? I uh, don't tell call. Uh, probably not for the next hour and a half because I'm absolutely going <laughs> to lie down. <laughs> and of course, you can find everything from me at Avoid. We'll be back with another episode. And again, like, if you guys have ideas, if you got something that you think we should talk about, you want us to talk about, reach out to one of us on Twitter. Let us know. Uh, and, and just yeah, I you know we're we're always open to it. But you know, I remember, I, I don't I don't even remember how this one came up in my head, but something triggered it because I'd read a research paper about this. I think from Harvard, a, a number a number of years ago, and I was like, I, I bet Colin has never seen this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go just explode his little mind. <laughs> the minute you mentioned soil, I was like, ah shit. <laughs> I know what route this is going down. It, it ends with slavery. <laughs> all right, buddy. Pleasure. Uh, all, Colin, be good. Everybody be good. Thank you all very much. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Some people call me the space cowboy. 